No my Heidi Mikey, Tane Hortaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Kiamo Tono Mai Koto Katoa coming up on the program. President Vladimir Putin has ordered Russian nuclear forces to be placed on high alert. Russia has an estimated 6,000 nuclear weapons, the largest arsenal in the world, we discuss. Also, New Zealanders are questioning the need to scan QR codes in Phase 3. Do we still need to scan? Is it a good idea to still scan? And coming back to a topic the panel has done a fair bit of, is it time to change the way we treat dogs on death row? Tauranga dog Chopper, who is two years old, is in doggy death row after biting the vet during a visit to get desexed. Also on Monday's panel, how much do you hate junk mail? Do you have a no junk mail sign? Our guest today hates it a lot and has been on the warpath for four years trying to stop it. And according to an article in The Guardian, slippers are having a moment, quite a fashion moment. So let me ask you, is it okay to wear your slippers to the supermarket in time of pandemic or is that just top? Just crazy. Is it just ridiculous? Text us 2101. With me this afternoon, Jenny Morton, financial advisor and Craig's investment partners. Jenny, lovely to have you on. Kiora Wallace, lovely to be here. And also with us, Chris Clark, CEO of the Wilberforce Foundation, which supports 90 plus charities and social enterprises across NZ, who I understand is holed up in Golden Bay. Lucky for some, Chris. Uh, Kiara Wallace, yeah, and just to add to it, it's a beautiful day here in Golden uh, Bay. Hello, Jenny. When isn't it? Where, <laughs> can, can we ask you generally whereabouts? I know Golden Bay, Golden Bay quite well, the best beaches in the world. Indeed. Uh, so head towards the best beach in the world, which is Fororiki Beach. And no, about it's not five as Kai- kilometers no, it's not as Kaiteri Beach. Oh, you got the wrong bay, mate. Yeah. That's Tasman Bay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different tribe. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, all right. We might come back to that. What is the best beach in the world? Um, anyway, to this, uh, this is really interesting. To the anti-mandate protester parliament, which has now been going for three weeks, recently some protesters have voiced fears over electromagnetic radiation at the or EMF at the grounds and have talked on social media about the benefits of wearing tinfoil hats. Meanwhile, the Ministry of Health says it remains concerned about the spread of COVID-19 at the protest. It reported today that 17 people from the protest have now tested positive and the true number of cases is likely to be much higher. Dr Robert Bartholomew is an honorary senior lecturer at the University of Auckland School of Psychological Medicine and he's written a book about the mystery illness Havana Syndrome. He's an expert on mass psychogenic illness. He's with us now. Dr Bartholomew, welcome to the panel. Thank you. We're not quite sure if this, because it's been doing the rounds, whether or not people are wearing tinfoil hats, partly out of satire or for real. We assume it's for real because there are these real issues around EMF, as they call it. Explain why some of the protesters seem to believe tinfoil hats could protect them from, protect them from illness. Well, you have to look at the backdrop here to what's happening in Wellington. For years now, there have been prominent conspiracy theories that governments around the world are targeting people with energy weapons, microwaves, sound waves, electromagnetic weapons. I get several emails a month from these people. This is not new. There have often been scares around new technologies. When the telephone was invented, there was something called telephone sickness, 
where operators believed that the crackling noises were making them ill with everything from nausea to headaches to dizziness. When AM radio came out in the 1920s, some people thought the invisible waves were making them sick. The same with ice cubes, because they were artificially created. People were claiming to become ill from them. No. And of course, more recently, absolutely. And more recently, you've got mobile phones, you've got Wi-Fi, you've got 5G. And this has been put on steroids because of the Internet and social media, oh. which is a breeding ground for conspiracy theories. And one driver, of course, is confirmation bias, the tendency for people to seek out information that reinforces pre-existing biases and beliefs. That really puts it into context, you know, so it's not just the 5G is not new, not at all. It goes right back to AM or when the telephone first started, telephone sickness. Um, but I guess where I'm coming from is that it looks so, because this was really big on the internet, uh, people posting these photos, it went around the world actually, of people wearing these tinfoil hats, Robert. I mean, it was just quite extraordinary. That's right. And look, in psychology, you've got the nocebo effect, which is the evil twin of the placebo. We've all heard of the placebo. If I give you a sugar pill, tell you you're going to feel better, often you will. It's the power of expectation and belief. But if I give you a sugar pill and tell you you're going to feel better, and someone rushes in and says, oh my gosh, that sugar pill, it's been contaminated with rat poison, there's a good chance that within a few minutes you might get headache, stomach pain, nausea, you might even vomit with symptoms that would reflect the event scenario. So what may be going on in Wellington at the protest with demonstrators claiming that electromagnetic waves are making them sick, clearly some of the protesters are exhibiting symptoms of COVID-related illness. But there's a real likelihood that some of their symptoms are nocebo-based. And I say that because there are reports on social media of people feeling unwell with common psychosomatic symptoms like headache, nausea, and dizziness, and reporting that when they left the protest, their symptoms dissipated. And then when they returned again, the symptoms came back. And to me, that's a, a telltale sign. We, we may well come back to the nocebo effect uh, this week. This is ex- fascinating stuff. We have a panel with us, uh, Dr. Bartholomew. Jenny, jump in. Well, I mean, look, I'm sorry, but I just started laughing when I heard this story um, last week because to me it just sums up the mentality of some of those people. And, of course, you know, we it seems to have dropped off, dropped off the radar, but um, the 5G gave me covid um, story, you know, conspiracy theory seems very linked in with all of this, but it is it is quite scary. You know, you hear all these stories about mass hysteria and mass illnesses, don't you? From from there was a famous one years ago. Can you remember that one, um, Dr. Bartholomew, about a, a group of girls who got sick or something? There was a suspected gas leak. I seem to recall something like that. There have been several in New Zealand. There was one in Hastings around 2015 involving a swimming pool where a student was at a sports day, dipped into the pool at around 9.30, popped back out and vomited, and about 40 students became sick within half an hour. Uh, Some of them were taken to the hospital. They tested the water. The water tested normally, although there was probably um, a bit more uh, urine in there 
than there was when they put the water in initially, right? Um, but um, you've got this um, case where there was no explanation other than mass psychogenic illness for that episode. Yes. Let's bring you in. Well, you know, uh, well, so I was just going to say that uh, I'm convinced. I'm actually wearing my tin hat at the moment, just in case, out of in the Golden, radio. I'm in Golden Bay. Yeah, in Golden Bay. Are. I'm not alone. Well, my wife's got a hat on. My son's got a hat on. But I actually did some inquiries on this. It's called a Faraday. And a Faraday is something that you use to shield uh, magnetic radiation. And they did a wee test in 2005. I was so taken by this, I thought I'd better follow it up with all these students. And they discovered, in fact, that it works, provided that the hat completely encloses your head. So there's, there's no, no space for breathing. But there was one unfortunate side effect that unfortunately Faraday's actually optimised some radiation. So you've just got to hope that the radiation that's coming out of Parliament as we speak is not being optimised by wearing a tin hat. There you go. Indeed. Well, Dr. Bartholomew, thank you very much uh, for uh, enlightening us. By the way, before you go, though, um, where do you see this playing out? Because the other issue is that there's these, these, I guess you could say conspiracy theories, they have really hit maybe mainstream in a way that I haven't seen for some years. Where do you see this ending? Where do you see this going? It's going to keep going because of the Internet. You know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And this reminds me of a scene from Shakespeare in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Or in the night, imagining some fear. How easy is a bush, supposed a bear, or in this case, a concrete block, you know, mistaken (laughs) for some electromagnetic energy emanator. Lovely to have you on the program. That is Dr. Robert Bartholomew, an honorary senior lecturer at the University of Auckland School of Psychological Medicine. And he's written a book uh, about uh, mystery illness, Havana Syndrome. He's an expert on mass psychogenic illness. So uh, if you're wearing a tinfoil hat right now, have a think about just why you're wearing that hat. Uh, Meanwhile, a lot of feedback regarding uh, slippers. Uh, Is it actually okay in a in the age of a pandemic, to wear slippers to the supermarket. Uh, Francis in Wellington says, look, it's the supermarket, it's not the Champs-Élysées. It's absolutely fine <laughs> to wear your slippers there. Uh, but Anne in Tamaki Makairo says, no, because if you're wearing slippers in the supermarket, you've not only lost your self-respect, you have probably... Uh, you've also probably driven your vehicle. Driving in slippers or jandals is definitely an unsafe place. So uh, Anne says, have some self-respect and don't wear jandals to the supermarket, whatever age it may be. It's time for I've Been Thinking, Jenny Morton. What's been on your mind? Thanks, Wallace. Um, Well, I must say, when I was thinking about what I've been thinking about, and, and sometimes it is a little hard to think of something for this segment. And I realised that part of the reason I was finding it so hard was my head is just full of stuff. It's just full of quite stressful stuff too. That A lot of it's in the news. So it's the Omicron, it's the protesters, it's the inflation, it's increasing interest mortgage rates, it's the war in the, in the Ukraine. And it's also now the, the protesters in Russia who are also putting their lives on the line, I suspect. Um, and who really have something to protest about, I Mm. might add. Um, But I really can't remember another time in my lifetime, and I'm not that old, but where there's just been so much to worry about all going on at the same time. Um, You know, we've had the GFC or we've had the 9-11 or the Gulf War, but those things didn't all happen at the same time. And I sort of wonder if 
those of us who are, how do I put this, and sort of in a position of responsibility, so not children and maybe not um, older people, but are we the most overwhelmed generation in history or was it just the same but different for our parents and our grandparents? Love but I do that. know one thing. Can I, I'd love to put that out to our audience. Are we the most overwhelmed generation or were there generations that were equally or overwhelmed more? And I want to talk about this in our first story because um, – as I understand it, there was a real concern around nuclear warfare uh, during the 1962 missile crisis. It was going to happen, so mm. it'd be interesting. Do you? Mm. Do you? Do you I know one thing. Yeah, I wouldn't be the prime minister right now, lover or hater. Who would want her job with so much to deal with? I mean, I, I, I hats off to her. You know, whether you agree with what they've, you know, with what she says or agree with what the protesters say. You wouldn't do it? Um, I wouldn't do it. Not for all the tea in China. But I just hope that people are managing to detach themselves a little bit from all this stuff and like yeah. go for a walk, read a book, spend time with your kids, do what you need to just step away and try and clear some of that stuff away because it's really easy to just get very tangled up on it right Kia now. Kia Jenny. That is a fantastic I've been thinking. So thanks for your thoughts on that. All right, Chris Clark, I've been thinking. Oh, thank you, Jenny, too. That really resonates what you're mm. saying. Well, what I've been thinking about is that since the start of summer, uh, we've lost both uh, my wife Karen's parents, um, and it's been a real shock. Not not unexpected. They were both very elderly and, and in many ways quite a severe mercy, but we've been reflecting on the whole that they leave in our lives, and as a consequence, I guess, the responsibility that this generation, my generation, carries to, in some ways, honour and to continue their legacy. And... In one sense, they lived incredibly ordinary lives. They ran businesses, they raised a family, they were very active in their local church. And although they knew some great accomplishments, they also faced very real human tragedy. And there will be no New Year's honours to mark the contribution, no sort of glowing obituary, no professional accolades. But at the funeral, as the photos were, were playing and as the stories were being told, um, what emerged was just a delightful story of ridiculous acts of generosity um, really practical acts of compassion, taking stands on behalf of those people who wouldn't otherwise uh, have people advocating for them, and hours and hours and hours spent on the sports field or at end-of-year school concerts. And I guess in a phrase, they love... Oh, I was enjoying that. You, yeah. you, 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 you ducked out there in such an important time. Uh, I hear oh. what you're saying, celebrating those who... Don't get New Year's. I was celebrating the everyday, the ordinary. Um, it, it's such a wonderful reminder, is it not, Chris? It is, and it comes comes to life at a funeral. And I guess yeah. at a time when we're hurling missiles at each other across borders and when some people are abusing their neighbour in the name of freedom, perhaps their legacy is simply this, that they love their neighbour. And maybe that's the kind of legacy that we need to inherit, oh. particularly at a time such as this. Chris Clark. You've done it again. That is really wonderful. Beautiful, beautiful cinema. Chris Clark, Jenny Morton on Monday's panel. Stay with us, 4 to 5, right here on RNZ National.